Welcome to the Every Nation New Jersey podcast. Every Nation is a Bible-believing, multi-ethnic, non-denominational church hoping to transform the world one life at a time. We hope you enjoy this podcast. Hey everyone, PA here, Pastor Adam Bird, and I just want to thank you uh, for tuning in to our Every Nation New Jersey channel. And I want to tell you something, man. God has a word for you. God has a word for you. So uh, we're actually uh, in part two of our of our Advent series, and we said last week that, that Advent, it, it means the dawn of something, the beginning of something new. And last week we, we uh, talked about how, uh, man, it was the Advent or the beginning of hope, and how uh, hope undergirds um, all the other themes of Advent, peace, joy, and love. And today we're going to look at um, the advent of peace. We're going to talk about uh, peace, and I'm going to just jump right into our text. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, a familiar passage of scripture. It says this, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and wait for it, the Prince of Peace. The Prince of Peace. And so I want to talk to you uh, about the advent of peace. And so um, uh, let me see if this resonates with anybody. Like, like, have you ever had made plans and, and they're super romanticized in your mind? And then when you did them, uh, they stink. <laughs> Is that just me? Okay. Uh, like, like, fellas, like, like you've planned out this romantic date for you and your girl. And, and then you go to execute it and it's an epic fail, right? She gives you the Heisman and, and uh, she doesn't want to give you a kiss night man she hey let's just shake hands and we'll call it a night right or, or or maybe mom and dad you've planned this vacation to disney world and you have all these romantic ideas in your mind and your children are just going to be so grateful and what happens they wound up fighting the whole time and and you realize they go into disney world man it caught you could have gone to europe for cheaper than doing that right and so so we do that and so uh, i was guilty of doing this uh so it was a certain christmas and i remember i was just going to be dad of the year man because i scored some brett eldridge tickets if you don't know who he is he's like a country music singer but he puts on like this christmas show uh in new york city and so man I, it, they were expensive to score these tickets right and so i'm, I'm gonna plan it all out we'll go get a meal it's going to be amazing we'll go look at the the tree and the and the lights and uh, and my kids man by the end of the night they're going to be like father father thank you for bringing such a blessing to our family right and i don't know why in my imagination my kids have an english accent and and then my wife, man, she was going to just look at me with these eyes and be like, uh, like I'm going to get a kiss or something, all right, for being such an amazing husband. Uh, can I just say, it didn't turn out that way, all right? Uh, get in the car. Traffic is just insane. So I'm getting a little bit stressed out. But there's Christmas music playing, so okay, it's all right. And then we, we get to uh, uh, the restaurant, but parking costs about 70 bucks. Uh, and so nothing says Merry Christmas like gouging you during the holidays and when we get into Tony's Tony DiNapoli's unbelievable food the food was tremendous but it was so crowded and so loud inside of there like uh, I can't hear very well and if there's background noise forget it and so uh, I find that I can't hear a word my, my wife or my kids are saying to me and so I'm just spending the whole night nodding a lot hoping I'm not agreeing to something uh, that I'm gonna regret later and and then when we're going to see the the lights in the trees down uh, Fifth Avenue 
we're, we're looking into all the store windows. I mean, Cassie's got her New York City walk, my, my oldest, and she's, you know, a mile ahead of us. My youngest is a mile behind us, and so we're, we're worried about losing our kids and blah, blah, blah. And so that's not going well. And then we get to the Beacon Theater where we're going to see the Brett Eldridge concert. And if I'm going to shoot you straight... I'm miserable. I just want to go home. <laughs> it's about 8,000 degrees in the theater. I'm hot. I'm uncomfortable. And we're mashed in. And then I realize most of the audience is women because they think Brett Eldridge is hot. Now, Brett, if you're watching, yeah, you're, you're a hot guy. All right. But uh, <laughs> and so so we're all packed in here. And, and uh, um, the, the woman in front of me, she's videotaping and texting the whole time. Uh, just complete distraction. I'm not feeling any Christmas spirit or anything like that. I just want to go home until the end of the show. Brett Eldridge, he said, um, I'd never do this. I've never done it before. He says, and in fact, I'm a little bit nervous. He says, but uh, I, would, I want you to stand with me. And I was wondering if we could sing the last Christmas carol together. And he shuts his microphone off, no instruments. And then he begins to sing the first Noel, right? The first Noel, the angels did sing, right? And that's all I'm going to sing for you. Uh, and, and the entire audience joined in and started singing. And, and you could feel something shift in the atmosphere. It was like, I, I was looking around, I'm like, oh my gosh, we're having a moment. And you could, you could feel the presence of God settle in this place as we all in unison sang the first Noel it was unbelievable. And if you don't know what Noel means, it, it means uh, it actually means birthday or, or, or literally Christmas, the birth of Christ. And so I, I want to tell you this. Do you know what? Like the, the first Noel, it made peace possible. But you know what? It's the last Noel that's going to make, make peace permanent. Right. And, and um, you can read the lyrics of the song that we'll sing on the last Noel. Um, it, it's found in Revel Revelation chapter 11, verse 5. And it reads like this. Then the seventh angel blew his trumpet, and there were loud voices in heaven saying, The kingdom of the world has become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. That's the last Noel. Merry Christmas, every nation. So I, I heard this quote, and I don't know who it's by, but I do believe it's true. Um, it, it's, it says this, that Christmas is the delightful distraction from the way things usually go. I mean, Christmas is the delightful distraction from the way things usually go. And if you pay attention, I don't think you can argue with it. It's like, like, man, um, the, we're, we're just, we, we eat differently during the, the Christmas holidays, don't we? It's like, uh, man, the, like fruitcake, do you know that? Like, that's actually a thing that uh, for whatever reason, we feel justified to have like three to five cookies, Christmas cookies at a sitting, <laughs> right? Or, or, or hot cider. And it's not something in July, you're like, you know what I feel like? Mm, hot cider. You don't, you don't do that, right? So we, we eat differently. Uh, we drink differently in that, uh, how about eggnog, right? Uh, you, you've never had a moment, you know, uh, outside of the holidays where you're like, you know what I really want? I want some eggnog. You don't do that. Um, how about this too as well? Um, our our uh, entertainment changes a bit, doesn't it? Like you can hear our music. You, you, can, you can hear uh, Christmas music playing 24-7 on certain channels if you want to. Uh, in fact, even on TV. 
Like, I want to tell you something. I've seen Elf uh, about a thousand times. And you know what? Uh, I'm, pro- I'm going to watch it again this year, despite the fact I've seen it so many times. And I promise you this. I will watch It's a Wonderful Life, and I'll cry because I do it each uh, and every year. See, at Christmas, in a real way, it's the delightful distraction from the way things usually go. And, and here's my hope. My hope is that during this Christmas season, is that, that you'll be a little bit kinder that you'll find yourself being a bit more generous, that maybe you'll find yourself being a a bit more patient and maybe even grateful for everything that you have and and not uh, bitter about what you don't have. See, see, Christmas is a delightful distraction from the way things usually go. And so, uh, um, and here's, here's what I believe is that, you know what, Christmas in a real way, um, there's something in, inside of us that, that when we hear that, that Christmas song or we see that movie, it resonates deep in our soul. We get an amen in our soul. There's something inside of us that says, this is the way it should be. It's the way the world should be. And I believe this, that in a very real way, Christmas reminds us of Eden. Christmas reminds us of Eden, the way the world was created to be. Peace on earth and goodwill towards men. And so uh, uh, I've shared this story a billion times. Let's make it a billion and one. And uh, so my, my family gets geeked out uh, during Christmas. And so uh, not the, the least of which is my oldest daughter, Cassie. And so she's a super Christmassy person and she keeps us all excited about it. And, and we have this um, tradition in my home where, where Cassie and I or my daughters, when uh, my youngest was with us as well, uh, we would set daddy-daughter dates and then we would go out shopping for mommy. And so here's what's funny. When they were younger, it was, it was fascinating. I'm like, I'm like, hey, keep up with me. You know, when we go to the mall, keep up with me. Hey, don't touch that. Pay attention. You can't buy that, right? And now for whatever reason, it's changed. Now she's doing that to me. Now my oldest is like, hey, dad, keep up with me. Pay attention. Focus. You can't buy that. <laughs> and so I don't know why there, when there was this switch, but... I do remember, so we set our daddy-daughter date. We were ready to go to original pancake. My daughter has chocolate chip pancakes on the mind, and, and after we go to our original pancake and fuel up, then we're gonna hit the mall and, and go shopping for mom. And So we get into the car, and immediately I go right to the Christmas tunes, crank it up, and who comes on? None other than Mariah Carey, baby, please come home. We look at each other, man, that's our jam, and so we start hopping and bopping in the car, driving, Going to do Christmas shopping full of Christmas spirit until the car in front of me locked up its brakes and it slams into a five point buck deer. Man, and, and you asked me, how do I know it was a five point buck? Because the thing fell dead right in front of my daughter and I, and we watched it breathe its last breath as it was convulsing. All right. And so, uh, Merry Christmas. And so, you know, what was crazy is, you know, you can't unsee stuff. And so, man, the entire time my daughter and I were trying to get kind of that Christmas feel back again, and it was just gone. It was gone. And you know, in a real way, that's your story and my story. It's the human story. Because, um, do you know, in the, in the beginning of time, everything there was, man, it says that, that God created um, the heavens and the earth. And, and he created everything beautifully in this thing called shalom. Um, it's the Hebrew word for peace. And it just doesn't mean like the lack of conflict. It means this, nothing broken and nothing lacking. Nothing broken 
in nothing lacking. In, in God, he creates everything in perfect shalom. Like, like uh, for six days, he creates and it's good. He creates and it's good. Six times we hear God say it's good until he creates humanity. And he says this, this is very good. And so for this, this brief moment, we have peace with God, peace with one another, man, peace on earth. And it lasts two chapters because Genesis 3 occurs. And then in Genesis 3, we're introduced to a serpent. We would later know him as Satan, the devil, uh, the accuser of the brethren and the father of lies. And he lies to Adam and Eve. And Adam and Eve believe the lie. They rebel against God. And in so doing, man, sin enters the cosmos. And with that, shalom shatters. Like shalom, the peace, the rhythm of the world shatters um, into a million different pieces. And, and God says this to Adam and Eve. He says, Adam, what have you done? The earth is cursed because you've done this. And, and uh, moving forward, that, that God is forced to kick Adam and Eve out of the Garden of Eden. And so I, I don't want to just buzz by that. Like, can you imagine Adam and Eve, all that they've known is peace with God in peace with one another and now thrust out of Eden man this this deep sense of loss it's it's what theologians call the the God hole we all have this God-sized hole inside of our heart man and then uh, for, for the first time ever death would be introduced into the life of the world as God slaughtered an innocent animal that he might get skins to cover up the nakedness of the man and the woman, right? Uh, and then what happens? Um, Adam and Eve, they have they have conflict. They blame one another, and now they're they're no longer naked and unashamed. That that their offspring, Cain, kills Abel, right? We have death and murder. And for the record, man, peace on earth was nowhere to be found, and it still is nowhere to be found. Uh, because uh, you know that even uh, Will Durant, a historian, he estimates this that over 3,400 years of human history. Only 268 of those years have been with no wars. The rest, filled with war, filled with conflict, a lack of shalom. And so um, I believe that, that, man, that Christmas, it, it reminds us of Eden, the way the world should be. It reminds us of home, this deep longing to go home. And get this, man, So, but get, God did not leave us without hope. Because in Genesis chapter 3, uh, there's this, this promise from God. And God says this, he promised to send the seed of the woman to come and crush the serpent's head. The promise is that there would be a prince of peace that would come and once again restore shalom or restore peace, uh, restore peace to the earth. And so um, uh, uh, I, I live here in uh, New Jersey, a little suburb called Caldwell. Uh, if you want to know where I live, just think nail, uh, nail salons and pizzerias, right? <laughs> and, uh, and my neighborhood can get a little bit alarming at times. Like, so for example, like during Halloween, like people get like a little overzealous, man, and they're like decorating their house like insane. And, and, uh, but this year I'm, I'm pretty proud of my neighborhood. Like they're doing a really good job decorating their houses and it's got a real good Christmas feel this year except uh, their theology is off. Because, uh, man, inevitably I'll see a manger scene out in front of our, uh, someone's house, 
And uh, it's cute, but the theology's off. Because we'll have the, the baby Jesus in the manger. We'll have a few wise men uh, as well. In, in the picture is Santa and Rudolph are in there, right? And, and there's actually one home they had SpongeBob SquarePants uh, in the nativity scene, right? Bad theology. <laughs> but if we could peer in uh, to the spiritual world, what happened um, on the night of our dear Savior's birth, um, it was it was well short of a silent night. Because the book of Revelation, chapter 12, verses 1 through 5, it gives us a, a glimpse. It peers into the spiritual dimensions what happened on the night, uh, uh, Christmas night. And here's what it says. Um, Revelations 12, verses 1 through 5, it says, And a great sign appeared in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet and on her head, a crown of twelve stars. She was pregnant and was crying out in birth pains and the agony of giving birth. And another sign appeared in heaven. Behold, a great red dragon with seven heads and ten horns on his head and seven diadems. His tail swept down a third of the stars of heaven and cast them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman who was about to give birth so that when she bore her child, he might devour it. She gave birth to a male child, one who is to rule all the nations with a rod of iron. But her child was caught up to God and to his throne. And, and then if I could just jump to, to Revelations 12, 12, just a few verses later, it says this. Therefore rejoice, O heavens, you who dwell in them, but woe to you, O earth and sea. For the devil has come down to you in great wrath, because he knows that his time is short. Man, and, and that word arrested me, man, that the devil knows that his time on earth is short, like the time is, is clicking, uh, ticking away for him. In, in fact, now it makes sense to Matthew chapter 8, when Jesus uh, sees the Gadarean demoniac, there's a man filled with a legion of demons. And when Jesus goes to cast them out, they say this, they're like, oh no, have you come to cast us out and torture us and torment us before the time? <laughs> In other words, they're like, oh no, is it is it time already? Right? And so the devil knows his time uh, is short. And so with this, Satan is on the clock. There's an urgency to the demonic realm to take out the promised seed of the woman, this prince of peace. And so you can imagine, like, like when, when Noah comes on the scene, Noah, his name means rest. Would, would he give rest to God's people? Would he be the prince of peace? And the answer to that was no. And then move ahead, another great character, Abraham. In the Bible, God promises, hey, Abram, uh, uh, through your seed, I'm going to bless the world. Could Abraham be the prince of peace? And But but he wasn't. And then we move forward to Moses. And Moses was a great deliverer, but he wasn't the prince of peace. But God promised. He said, Moses... I'm going to send a prophet like you, and he will not just give the law, but he'll live the law. Um, then the promise goes to David. Would David, this great warrior king, be the prince of peace, usher in peace on earth? No, he wouldn't, because he would be a sinful, broken man. But God did promise. He said, David, through your lineage, I'm going to raise up a king whose kingdom will never, ever end. Fast forward to Daniel and all the prophets. They're, they're announcing he's coming, he's coming, he's coming. Daniel, he actually says this, that there's one coming, a son of man whose kingdom will be an everlasting kingdom. And then lastly, you get to the last of the prophets in your Old Testament, uh, Malachi. 
And at the end of the book of Malachi, um, between Malachi in your Old Testament and Matthew in your New Testament, there's 400 years of silence. Nothing. No word from God. No promise of the Prince of Peace. And I can't help but wonder during those 400 years if the demonic realm didn't think we got the seed. We killed the seed of the woman, the Prince of Peace. And do you know, in the human heart, man, how many know that waiting, it can be such a difficult thing. And, and as humanity have been waiting these 400 years for, of silence, and it, they, they must have wondered, hey, has God forgot uh, his promises and his people? And if you've ever wondered that, man, has God forgot his promises and his people? And the answer to that is no. See, we see the angel Gabriel. He, he would come. Before he went to Mary, he came to another man, uh, an, another uh, old couple, Zechariah and Elizabeth. And the angel Gabriel declared uh, to Zechariah that you and your wife Elizabeth, though you're barren and beyond childbearing years, you're going to have a son. And, and that son is going to be the forerunner. He's going to be the, the forerunner that comes before the Messiah, the Prince of peace and his name will be John. You and I would know him as John the Baptist. And uh, but here's what you need to see: like God paints this picture for you and I. Do you know the the name uh, Zachariah? It means God has remembered. And then the name Elizabeth, it means this, the oath of God. See, and they come together. God has remembered his oath. See, our God doesn't forget his promises or his people. And he sends John. And John's declaration was this, repent because the kingdom is coming. The prince of peace is at hand. And so um, here's what you need to know, man. That silent night in a little town of Bethlehem, man, that's silence. It was broken by the scream of a baby born in Bethlehem in a manger. And with that scream, it says this, that the, the skies cracked open and the angelic heavenly hosts begin to cry out. And listen, before you think, man, uh, heavenly host, you think, like, I don't know, in my mind, I always thought they were, man, I just pictured like, like little uh, choir boys with an English accent. Do you know, a heavenly host, host is an army. There's an angelic army that cracks open the sky. And here's their declaration. Luke chapter 2, verse 14. Glory to God in the highest, and get this, on earth, peace or shalom among those with whom he is pleased. Man, the Prince of Peace has arrived on the scene. And so, um, a uh, little, little pause in, in our sermon here, and let's, you and I, maybe we can do a little interactive uh, Christmas survey, okay? Uh, so, uh, uh, Elf on a Shelf, uh, is it creepy or cute? Creepy or cute? Uh, here's another one. Uh, fake tree or real tree? Fake tree or real tree? Uh, let me give you another controversy here. Colored lights or white lights? Which is it? Um, and then here's the last but not least, and this one probably is the most controversial thing I'll say today, is this. Uh, is the movie Die Hard a Christmas movie? <laughs> do, do you remember the, the movie Die Hard? If you haven't seen it, shame on you, okay? Um, it's the story of, of detective, uh, NYP detective uh, Jack McLean, and he's estranged from his wife Holly, but he flies out to Los Angeles in order to reconcile with her and 
Holly's, uh, she's just killing it at the Nakatomi Corporation, and, and it's Christmas Eve, and they're having their, their Christmas Eve party and celebration, and, and John, uh, John McClain, he shows up uh, on the scene and meets Holly, but, but suddenly the evening, evening is destroyed as a group of terrorists enter in to the Nakatomi Corporation offices, and these terrorists, led by a man by the name of, you remember, Hans Gruber. Hans Gruber, they take the, the people hostage, and they, and they, um, they uh, ransom them and they say, hey, if you don't pay this amount of money, we're going to kill all, all the hostages. Um, but here's what they didn't count on, that, that John McClane uh, was there. And John McClane, he would show up on the scene and he would be like, yippee ki and I'll just leave it there. See, I think that's a, the, the gift of tongues in operation. And basically what he's, he's saying, the Prince of Peace is here. And John McClane, he shows up and what happens? He thwarts Hans Gruber. Man, he, Hans Gruber dies in the end uh, in a most glorious way. Very satisfying uh, as a viewer. And what happens? Man, that, that um, all the hostages are saved and they're reconciled back together. That sounds an awful lot like the Christmas story. And, and if you don't believe me, uh, you're just not a, a very good with your Bible. Like if someone ever asks you the reason for the season, you need to tell them this. The reason for the season is destruction. <laughs> First John chapter 3, verse 8 says this. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. Man, the reason for the season, man, destruction. And Jesus has been, he's our great glorious rescuer, the Prince of Peace, come to rescue us, right? And so, so on that silent night in Bethlehem, when that baby screamed, I promise you this, that the demonic realm, they shuddered in fear. And now with this baby being born, what? They have to kill the seed of the woman. They, they need to kill the Prince of Peace. And get this, they did. They did kill him. They hung him on a cross. But here's what they didn't know. In so doing, they were actually, Jesus was ransoming you and I, paying the price, These ter the, the terrorists of the demonic realm in sin, taking humanity hostage. God was ransoming you and I back to himself through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. Do you know this? Like, like without Christmas, Easter is impossible. Without Easter, man, there is no forgiveness of sins. Man, we're separated from God and we have no peace with him. But here's what I want to tell you. And here's the big storyline is that Jesus came and he did all the heavy lifting for you and I. He lived the perfect life. He went to the cross. And now what does he do? He lifts us back and reconciles us back to God the Father. He, what does he do? He, he raises from the dead and what? To take us back home again. And um, before we close, I, I want you to feel something today. And so I'm going to play this little video. And, and I, I pray you feel uh, the hope of Christmas, the hope of the Prince of Peace. Check it out.
Hey, did you feel that? Man, did you feel the, the hope of Christmas? That that much like that that old man, he was like, he was like, man, he he bent down and, and what he he lifted up that child in, in a in a very real way. That Jesus, man, he goes into the ground, he raises up on the third day, and what he lifts you and I to the Father to reconcile us back to God, the Prince of Peace. Jesus came what to bring us back home again the way life should be. Merry Christmas, every nation. Let's pray. Lord, I just thank you this morning, God, for those, Lord, hearing this message. Lord, we're just so grateful, Lord, for all that you have done to pay the price for our sin. And, and I'm reminded, Lord, this morning that the word uh, in the Hebrew for repent, it literally means to return home. And I can't help but think how many of you, man, you feel the calling of God. God's calling you to return home. And if that's you this morning, I, I want to pray a prayer of salvation over your life. And so, um, I mean, if you agree with this prayer, just in, in your heart, just say amen. But, but Lord, Lord, for those you're calling here this morning, God, I pray, God, that, that they would recognize that Jesus, that you died for their sins, that you rose again on the third day in order to take them home again with you and to restore them back to peace with Almighty God. And, and Lord, I pray now that they would receive you as both Savior and Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. And if you prayed that prayer, let out a hearty amen. 
Amen. Well, listen, God bless you, uh, every nation. Um, Jesus loves you. Man, our sermon's done, but we're not quite finished. Is uh, I would love to remind you that you can remain faithful in your tithing and your giving. And so grateful for those of you who have been partnering with us in your finances and honoring God uh, in the tithe and the offering. There's three ways you can give uh, digitally. You can uh, go to our website, encnj.org, and just hit the giving icon. Uh, or you can give via text. My family and I, we give this way. If you text the letters ENCNJ to the number 77977, it's a very convenient way to give. Or you can mail in your check or money order right here to our church offices at 101 Gibraltar Drive, right here in Morris Plains, New Jersey. And may God richly bless you as you're faithful in your giving. Every nation, Jesus loves you, and I think you're amazing too. Have a great week. Thanks for listening to the Every Nation New Jersey podcast. For more information on our church, or if you'd like to give a financial gift, just go to our website, emcnj.org.